Hi there, this is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. We want to welcome you to today's show and invite you to see our brand new website. We are at prayingchristianwomen.com, but everything is new and we have some great new resources there like our Praying in the New Year online prayer retreat. You can get a discount off of that if you use code 2024 and it's a great resource to help prepare you for the new year as we wrap up 2023 and welcome in all the blessings that God has in store for us for 2024. So thanks again for listening and to get this resource you go to our new website at prayingchristianwomen.com, click the shop button and find the praying in the new year and just as an announcement as we are transitioning some links that we have referenced in older episodes might be down for a bit so we just wanted you to know that but we are excited about our new site and would love to have you check it out and we also hope you enjoy today's episode hey there welcome to the praying christian women podcast i am alana here with jamie how are you i'm doing well doing Good. very well trying to figure yeah. out zoom i'm sitting I here know. clicking <laughs> buttons and i'm like in case there's a puzzling look at the beginning I'm i know like, it's like something is this, changed is this thing on yeah. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> well you know not to brag but we were on zoom even before 2020 got everybody on zoom so I know that's like, what I that that's what I always think is we like Zoom was we were Zooming before Zoom was cool. We really were. We were Zooming before Zoom was a household name. That's right. I'd be like, yeah, we're gonna meet. It's this thing. It's kind of like Skype, right? Everyone's <laughs> like, what? What's Zoom? What does that mean? I know. And now, like, you go to some of the name, you know, the age of like our middle schoolers, and like, so tell me about Skype. And like, I don't know what you're talking about, Mom. You're a dinosaur. Isn't that funny? Do you oh want to gosh. feel like a dinosaur? We were talking about pop music last night with the mm-hmm. kids, and all three of them get Beyonce and Madonna confused. Gasp. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least they know who Madonna is, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually just thinking, this is a totally different topic, but I was just thinking about how the whole idea of being able to redo stuff now Mm -hmm. versus back when like I was a kid, my mom had an actual typewriter and we got an upgraded typewriter before word processing, before PCs, we got an upgraded typewriter that could erase the letters that could, Uh and so you push a button, the backspace and only one letter at a time, but you could go back several (laughs) But it uh-huh. had a tape and the tape would pop up. And I don't know if it was like an adhesive that pulled the ink off or if that it like up. covered it. Interesting. But it, it would use the same key that you typed with. That You would see the key pop up. Okay. Hit the yeah. tape right at the same place. But it was always, sometimes it was offset. So it wasn't ever perfect. Oh. And there's always the indentation <laughs> of the letter. But you uh-huh. could back, but like I was trying to explain to one of my kids. This is how we redid stuff and it was not perfect and it was clunky. Mm-hmm. I remember the early days of word processing. You hit a wrong button, you lose your document forever. There's no undo. <laughs> uh-huh. And so just all of these different things of being able to even rewinding, like before there were tapes uh-huh. that you could record stuff on. So I just wonder how the whole idea of redoing stuff has impacted mm-hmm. our lives and our culture and our 
really outlook on life mm-hmm. now that but we can do have, so many do-overs. But then you have the opposite where, you know, like a news, you make yourself in the news for something embarrassing or on social media and it Ooh. is there forever. That's right. You know, yeah, so that's, that's the uh, other side of that sort. We've told the kids we're like, you know, if when dad and I were teens, if we did something embarrassing or, you know, something that we wouldn't want a future employer 20 years from then to know about, we didn't worry about it. But now that stuff like lives forever online. Yeah. And someone's always watching and maybe recording. <laughs> well, we are recording and we are super excited to be chatting today. I was actually getting a tiny bit giddy about this topic. So I'm really glad that you uh, agreed to jump in and, and have a nerdy discussion with me. We're talking today about manifesting. And I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion, hopefully, like most of our episodes, Jamie and I can give you a couple um, pros, a couple cons, a couple extremes to look out for. I'm sure lots of definitions and then just some nerdy discussion about like, what does it even mean? Is it a hundred percent evil? Is it a hundred percent magic? Is it a hundred percent of God? And how do we reconcile all that with biblical truth, with our Christian faith and as women of prayer, right? Like, is there, is there overlap between what the world thinks of as manifesting and prayer. So before we dive into that, though, let's do um, our opening prayer and all that fun stuff. All right, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time to talk about prayer and just to investigate this idea of manifesting, how it lines up with scripture, how it doesn't, and how we can live um, live full lives as Christians, That how we can seek after you, how we can glean from all kinds of, of sources of information to kind of piece together, um, how you want us to live. And and we just thank you for that. We thank you for your word, that it's unchanging, that we can go to it to test and approve things, um, or disprove things. Um, we just pray your presence would be here, Lord. And we just pray God that if there's any barrier that we're facing, um, right now in our limiting beliefs or any other kind of thinking or beliefs, Um, regarding you and who you are and who we are in you, that you would just use this time for us to kind of be mindful of that and that you would remove barriers, that you would remove limitations on us so that we can live lives that reflect who you made us to be and, and live boldly and think big in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, what's our just for fun question? I left it blank because you come up with really good just for funs and I'm always stuck. So, okay. So the idea of manifesting and we'll get more into definitions and things like that, but if we're to picture manifesting as basically like an image that is in my head becomes real life. So like, have you uh, seen the movie or read the book, the Inkheart series where the dad, it's a really fun one. The dad has, I think they call it like a silver tongue or something. So any book he reads out loud, the characters actually like appear in this world and come to life. So think about all the stuff you've thought about in the last one to three days. And if like, if the weirdest or the coolest or the most random of them just like actually appeared in this world, what do you think it would be? Oh my goodness. That's, that is an interesting question. I can so tell like, you mine if you need a yeah, minute. Yeah, I'd like, yeah, go ahead and do yours. Cause so, yeah. 
I, um, I got on this, um, site that basically it's for people to share all their paintings, digital art, things like that. And so I find it really, really like, it's a nice alternative to scrolling Facebook because it's, you know, like I've curated my feed there. So it's all like pretty or funny or calming. And I found a new genre of digital art and it's like toy dog sized baby elephants so it's like a baby elephant the size of like a a poodle like a toy poodle puppy and and people make like these digital art pieces of like here I'm holding my little fuzzy baby elephant in the palm of my hand and it's like you know it's five pounds or something if I had the true power that anything I thought like appeared I would have a little fuzzy baby elephant that fit in the palm of my hand. And I will also add that loved being a pet because I, I still like, I, you know me, I love elephants, but I still respect them as like wild animals. I don't really like the idea of elephants in captivity and things like that. So that's my other caveat is that this little like toy sized baby elephant that fits in the palm of my hand loves being a pet. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That is so good. Well, you made me think of something because you okay. sent me AI art the other day. I did. <laughs> and so I, and I, this is more of a like long-term manifestation. So it doesn't okay. really, but you sent me, we joke around about what we're going to be like as little old ladies, like oh, best friends on right. the porch. And you sent me this AI art. Like, I, I don't know. Did you use something like present yeah. to age yeah. us? No, no, it wasn't was based it on just, us. It's based okay, on it verbal prompts. So I okay, was like, so it was just give me a picture two of two old women laughing on rocking chairs on a porch. You should throw it in. Um, if you think about it, throw it up on on Facebook. And oh, that's a good idea. I still look at that one, and again, it just yeah makes me happy. Well, and it reminds me of some of the pictures that we took together, some of our, like where we're uh-huh. laughing and, yeah. but it was this picture of these two women in rocking chairs in, you know, frumpy old lady uh-huh. clothes, but just looking yeah. so happy and radiant and laughing their, yes. you know, butts off. So it was really fun because that would be cool. Like if I could yeah, we'll manifest, manifest that. that for the future that, you know, I love down that. The line, we're sitting on the porch together, sharing a huge laugh and probably some coffee. And yeah, and we uh, let's also just for fun, let's become amateur sleuths who solve crimes because that would be like adorable. That would be. Oh my gosh, there are so <laughs> many implications. I all never. I'm not gonna say what. I, yeah. Anyway, I <laughs> yes, that would be so cool. We'd have our little automated wheelchairs that. that could go warp speed, like get us. And we'd like have fast. races. I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna race you down the hall to the Jello. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. Okay. Well, that's a fun, um, that is a fun, over-exaggerated example of what manifesting is. The over-exaggerated is anything you think just appears, right? So I'm thinking about an asteroid destroying the earth and boom, now humanity is obliterated. Right. Right. Thankfully, like, I'm glad that manifesting, at least on, on that level is never a thing. (laughs) None of us have that much mental power. And that's good because, um, we're going to be talking about manifesting generally in terms of like thinking about the things we want or, you know, thinking about what the future might look like and having it come to pass. But 
it can work kind of in reverse, right? And so think of all the times like you've been mad at somebody and maybe they didn't even, they weren't necessarily even in the wrong. They just rubbed you the wrong way. And you'd be like, oh, I wish that, you know, who knows? Someone cuts you off. Like, I wish I get pulled over by a cop, but then they do, right? Like that's, I mean, that's kind of like, um, that's basically having the power to curse people just by thinking bad thoughts about them, which I don't want to have that <laughs> power and that authority. You know, it's kind of like, I don't want the ability to read minds because I don't want to know all the stuff that goes on in people's heads. <laughs> right. Well, and I think the whole, the idea of manifesting if, and I'm not by any means an expert, but I, I know that it kind of has roots if, if this is probably dating myself also, in addition to the like no PCs and <laughs> yeah, typewriters. Right? Um, but there was a movie or I'm sorry, there was a book called the secret and it got mm-hmm. huge on Oprah. It was what in the nineties yeah. or something, but, um, but this book called the secret, and it was based on this idea of the law of attraction. And I mean, that, that, that phrase, the law of attraction mm-hmm. comes from this general idea that we vibrate at a certain level and that our thoughts as well as the things we do, but our thoughts actually, and our feelings and our, our inner lives create Mm -hmm. vibrational energy. And the law of attraction states that where we vibrate, what level we vibrate on, if we vibrate at a high level, which I believe is like positivity, positive. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. you're going to attract that same type of energy. So on a very basic level uh, someone that was a hardcore law of attraction person would say that I've, I've joked about my husband and red lights, right? How right. he's just like, I always <laughs> get red lights. Well, if uh, I truly was like a law of attraction, yeah. like aficionado, I would say you are attracting red lights because you're focusing on red lights and how mm-hmm. awful they are. Or at the very yeah. least, your vibration is negative. And so you're attracting vibrations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you but, put it like that, it sounds a little silly to to a lot of people. However, you know, I think you and I can put our scientist hats on and say, well, actually, that makes perfect sense in a way. And by that, I mean, if your husband is so convinced that the world is out to get him by giving him red lights... He's going to pay attention to every single red light. He's going to say, well, of course I've got a red light. And he's going to just kind of ignore the green lights or maybe even worse. He's going to be like, oh, finally, I got one green light, but it's not going to keep up. So some of it, I think like, I don't, I don't think that we know enough about science and physics and the quantum blah, 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 to know much about the vibration side of it. But I definitely understand that if you're thinking about something, you pay attention to it, right? So it's kind of like um, when I was pregnant, I felt like I was seeing pregnant women all over, whereas before I just kind of ignored it because it wasn't on my mind. But then like when I'm pregnant, I'm thinking about pregnancy. I'm thinking about babies. I'm like, oh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Maybe she's pregnant, but I'm not sure. I don't want to ask, you know? So (laughs) I think- regardless of, yeah, maybe there's quantum vibration-y stuff going on that we could eventually learn to explain scientifically and does not have to be antithetical to God because he would have created that. Maybe like, okay, possibly. But I think there's an even base, more basic explanation for some of that, which is you notice what you pay attention to. And so it's kind of like, um, it's like the woman who, Like, let's say there's two identical twins who like look exactly the same 
And one of them is married to a man who like every day tells her like how beautiful she is or like, oh, I love this part of you or I, you know, your, your hair is so gorgeous, you know? And, and then the other woman who looks exactly the same, maybe her husband's a total jerk and every day is pointing out like, oh, did you know you've got a little cellulite here? Oh, did you know you've gotten a little pudgy here? Like those women, when they look in the mirror are going to see different things, right? Based on what they're they're thinking about. So I feel like, is there a possibility that there's something that a non-Christian might consider mystical or, you know, a Christian might even consider like out there and woo-woo and maybe even be threatening to our faith? Yeah, I think that could be there. And I think it could be explained by God and quantum stuff that we've never, we as a human race just haven't learned to explain, but can be just kind of scientifically explained, right? But I also feel like there's just some real basic common sense of if I'm every day thinking about all the things that I'm thankful for and all of the, wow, God, that was so cool. You're going to feel like a very, very blessed person. I was talking to a friend of mine about my grandma and it's been a little bit since we've mentioned her on the podcast. So I'm glad to have a, a reason to bring her back up again. And I was talking to her and I know I've had this conversation with you. Like my grandma lived a a very hard life. She lost two of her daughters, um, one really, really violently, like gruesome and one um, just super unexpectedly. And that happened all within a span of a couple of years. She was married to somebody who was unstable and she was not safe living with this person um, for decades. Um, What else? Like she, she, grew up in China as a missionary kid and like bombs were falling on Shanghai where her family lived. Like she had a lot of difficulties in her life. And every time we talked, you know, because especially we knew for over a year that her heart was basically like, we would just knew she was kind of on borrowed time. Hmm. And so we were pretty open about, yep, she's, she's off to heaven pretty soon. And, And it was a blessing to be able to talk about that openly. But she would tell me almost every time we talked about it, God has blessed me so much. I don't deserve all of the amazing blessings he's given me. And part of me wanted to kind of like raise my hand, like, well, grandma, what about like, what about all these (laughs) things you went through? And so I think a big chunk of it is what do you pay attention to? Do you pay attention to all the blessings or do you pay attention to all the red lights, right? Do you pay attention to the red lights and think that the world's out to get you? Or do you pay attention to the green lights? Like, let's just say statistically speaking that you're going to encounter 50% red lights in your life and 50% green lights in your life. Um, But some, some people who will remain nameless might only see the red lights And some people might be so thankful every time there's a green light that they feel like they're just walking on, um, walking on rays of sunshine. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, the world always gives me green lights because they're, they're paying attention to that side of it. Right. Or, well, and and I think what comes to mind is just the, um, you know, the Bible verse that says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, petition with Thanksgiving, Present your mm-hmm. request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Someone might look at that verse in practice without maybe even knowing the verse and think, oh, well, when I when I feel anxious and I start focusing on 
thanksgiving and and what I'm thankful mm-hmm. for when I acknowledge God and who he is and his goodness and I just kind of lay those burdens at his feet um or even if they don't believe in God and they're just like when I just let go of those burdens and let the universe carry them away whatever however you want to explain that then I'm raising my vibration and what I receive back I met with this this high vibration and so there's peace there's mm-hmm. the things coming to me and Um, so on a, you know, on the side of the coin, that's like, okay, is it the law of attraction or is it, um, obedience in our, in Mm -hmm. our, you know, unburdening ourselves or right. Is there a difference though? Is there, I mean, could it be both? Could it be that Thanksgiving raises your vibration on this quantum Mm -hmm. scientific level Mm -hmm. and God knew that and designed us that way. And gave us instructions on how to raise our vibration so that we live a more joyful Mm -hmm. life where we're ready to receive. I think of it as transcending the, the junk of earth really, I mean, is basically getting to the place where we can find joy apart from our circumstance by focusing on those good things, by connecting and meeting with God and trusting and knowing that he's in control somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think they can work in tandem. And we've talked before about how a lot of things that we take as Christian spiritual disciplines that have supernatural power, like intercessory prayer, or laying on of hands or, um, or things like that. Like, I think that God created us to benefit from those things, right? So we've mm-hmm. talked about how even an atheist who prays, you know, or, or finds the, the atheistic equivalent of what that might be, you know, chance or meditation or, or whatever. Um, they're still going to experience some of the psychological and physical benefits that come from prayer, like right. what you said, decreased stress, better health. Um, to me, I think, I picture myself like as a teenager, if I had heard a study that like a Christian who spends 10 minutes in prayer and an atheist who spends 10 minutes like in some uh, new age chanty thing showed the exact same benefits in the lab or the exact same brain function when they were hooked up to something that I think that would have threatened my faith. It would have been, well, no, because prayer's real and that's not. But the way I look at it now is well, that makes sense because God created us to pray. And so if we are not praying to the one true God, we're going to find, or at least we're going to look for substitutes, mm-hmm. right? Like we, um, I showed my kids a clip. There's a concert coming to Anchorage that I was thinking about taking them to if they didn't think it was too weird. And they all decided it was going to be too weird, <laughs> but um have you heard of the, I think it's just called choir, choir, choir. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Okay. So basically they like, they fill the entire auditorium, you know, like it's a full packed house. And then they basically turn the audience into a choir. And so they pick, it's usually like a, a big, you know, rock song from the eighties, you know, like living on a prayer or, or something like that. But they like, they teach you all the parts. And so we were watching a YouTube compilation of basically like these, these concerts and people like really getting into the music. I think the one we watched was um, Toto's Africa, you know? And so like picture, uh, you know, over a thousand people 
getting over their inhibitions. They've been practicing together for like an hour and a half. They're all like standing up, super happy. There's it, like, it sounds cool. And it, it, it feels like it would be a great experience. And what was really interesting is my youngest son had gone to visit some friends who go to um, a mega church by Alaska standards, at least. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but he's like, yeah, that's really no different than the church I went to with the so-and-sos. And part of me is like, well, no, that makes sense because we were created to connect with God through music, through corporate singing. And so it made sense to me that, yes, these people are having the, the people at this choir thing are having the equivalent of a communal worship experience. Right. They've just stripped it of God. Um, so to me, they're instead of it being like, oh no, maybe the Bible's fake because we can find similarities in secular practices too. To me, it's the opposite. It's like, well, of course, God designed us to worship. God designed us to have like, I mean, think about like singing a song you love to the Lord with 2000 people who are all singing their hearts out. That That is for just about anybody, that is kind of a transcend, trans, transcendent experience. You know, like there's there's something truly like, worshipful and memorable about that. And so if you're not getting that on from a, a spiritual connection with your church and with worshiping Jesus, it made sense to me that you'll look for that in other places, like going and singing, you know, living on a prayer with 2000 strangers. Yeah. I had a similar thought when um, a few years ago, which, you know, is incredibly relevant now that a few years ago, I saw a video of Modest Yahoo doing that kind of thing with, um, I don't know if they were in Israel with, I don't know who of, that is. Oh, okay. Is so modest. Yeah. You know, the song one day, one yeah. day, one day, one day. Oh, actually, no, I don't know. My tears I drown and my negativity surrounds anyway. Okay. Um, so he's a, uh, former, I think Hasidic Jew. I don't know that uh -huh. he's practicing anymore, but he went, I think it was in Israel. Okay. But he had a group of Palestinians and Israelis in the same room together. And wow. the idea is, you know, one day, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, live in peace together. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. And he had that same thing where he conducted and there's this mm -hmm. compilation video of wow. teaching the parts. And then these close-ups of these Palestinians yeah. and Israelis singing together. Oh my gosh. It's oh, man. so moving. But I remember talking to a pastor after that. And I was like, you know, watching that, even being part of it on a screen, I know. it gives me this Holy Spirit feeling, you know? And mm -hmm. I was like, why is that? And what is that? Because, you know, I mean, and, and we had the discussion about, you know, there are situations where there's this energy together in a mm -hmm. room, there's mm -hmm. a cause, there's emotion. Yep. Um, and that does, that can happen apart from mm -hmm. God's presence. And yet, yeah. well, no, no, no. Cause God's presence is still there. Well, no, that's good. Exactly. There you go. That's good. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you said that. I should say that can happen apart from like, our intention it can, being yeah, it can still, to right, the God it can of still Abraham, happen Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. With the secular audience. Oh, but or, I love that. That is such a good distinction that God is still there. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think, I think that some people at this point are like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't like this because what you're right. saying is that it's the same 
as Mm -hmm. worshiping God. And so it's universalism. And that's not what we're getting at. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There is still, go ahead. No, I, yeah, I think it's, you know, we, we believe that God designed us to worship him, like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. However, humans are designed to worship that God. And so if they don't know that God, just kind of like in the book of Acts with, you know, with Paul, the altar to the unknown God, like we're designed to worship something. Um, I think, you know, that could be a celebrity, that could be a sports team, that could be a band. Um, But yeah, so I don't, again, I don't see it as a, as a threat to our Christian faith. I see it as evidence. Yep. God has planted this. Um, Do you know the book Eternity in Their Hearts? I've heard of it. It's a missions book. Yeah. And, and the idea is like, if you look at enough, um, like myths, fairy tales, kind of tribal traditions, like you will find evidence of the fact that we were created to worship the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I'm trying to think if I can come up with any immediate the example. Peace Child. Have you heard of that? It's one? the, the same Peace author. Child? It's yeah. yeah. So it's the same author who wrote both books. Um, and so, yeah, the Peace Child was this tribal ceremony where two warring factions would basically swap kids. So mm-hmm. if Jamie's a Capulet and I'm a, a Montague and we want to maintain peace in our tribes, I would give her my kid to raise and she would give me her kid to raise. And basically, as long as those kids were alive, our tribes would be at peace. <laughs> And so this missionary kind of used that as an analogy of, of Jesus being the ultimate peace child, right? God, God brought his son to earth. And so, yeah, if you look at even, um, I think there's something interesting in studying different religions in studying different, uh, practices and things like that, not because we're universalists, but because you can dive into it and ask yourself, where do I see evidence of our our jesus-sized hole right Mm -hmm. or you know you could be like the author of the peace child if i were a missionary in this culture how could i use their own just like paul did their own altars to the unknown god their own religious practices how could i use that as a as a segue into presenting the gospel yes and i think that whole idea of you know, the benefit that we have, and I touched on it in prayer this morning and, you know, well, this today, whatever, in this episode, whatever time mm-hmm. you're listening to it at, um, in prayer, the idea that God has given us this tremendous gift of his word in book form that we get to look at and test and read and reread and cross-reference. And we have the Holy Spirit in us to help us with those things too, So that we can look at all, we don't have to be afraid of these things. We can look at external sources of information through the lens of scripture. We can test it against scripture Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we can kind of find out how it pertains to our Christian lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'm almost already convinced that we're going to need more than one. Me too. I was just to thinking this. that because we still haven't really talked about manifesting. We we're talking about, about the anything. law of attraction. We're but, talking about, yeah. Yeah. I would also love to, um, so I think we've mentioned the law of attraction and how it maybe has at least some basis in what some, you know, it might have a little bit of common grace, right? Like, are you, are you familiar with the idea of common grace? 
I mean, it, in theory, like the words make sense to me, but not like <laughs> as a thing. Yeah. So, so it's this kind of, it's this philosophy or it's, it's this way to describe, like, I think a great example would be like your, your child learns about XYZ, who was a great humanitarian or a great activist or um, really like sacrifice themselves for a great cause, but they're not a Christian. And your kid's like, well, like, so how does that work? Like, to me, those things fall under the concept of common grace in that because Jesus died and helped reconcile the human race to God, the entire whole of humanity does experience some blessing, right? So again, we're not moving um, to the extreme of like universalism or anything like that. But the fact that like God hasn't obliterated our planet is a sign of common grace. The um, the fact that rain falls on the righteous and the un- unrighteous, it's a sign of common grace. It's just, it's God's undeserved provision and love that he sends to believers and unbelievers alike is kind of um kind of that so um i think we could say yeah maybe this maybe there's something to all this but i also want to at least before we wrap up today's episode talk about some of the pitfalls and some of the extremes um so it's very similar i i consider things like the the book the secret i haven't read it but i'm familiar sort of with its premises um, the idea of the law of attraction. I see these as the secular equivalent of kind of the name it and claim it mm-hmm. Christian camps, right? Um, what is it called? Like, I think in Christian circles, sometimes they call that word of mouth. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Or it's like, like the word, word of mouth doctrine. theology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in a Christian setting, what this would look like is um, if I say, I'm so stressed. I hope I don't get sick. And then the next day I wake up sick. The idea is kind of, well, maybe I invited that, (laughs) you know, like I was Mm -hmm. focusing on falling sick. So maybe, maybe that happened. And I think some of the dangerous extremes we've talked about a ton on the podcast, dangerous extremes come when we bring this type of militant theology into healing, right? So somebody who will only accept perfect physical healing as a sign of God's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think we need to dive into how detrimental that can be and is for Christians going through health issues. Um, but since you and I land pretty centrist on a lot of these issues, I don't know that it means we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Cause I think some, I think there is some to this sometimes, right? Like I think we talked about it just in a recent episode. Sometimes you get sick because God has a purpose for you in the sickness. Sometimes you get sick because you got exposed to a germ. Sometimes you get sick because like, I, I do kind of believe that you can think yourself into a sickness. Do you know what I mean? Like if I've if done it before, like, I mean, I, I worry, I have worried <laughs> myself into being ill and I yeah. have been, my fear of a symptom yep. made that symptom snowball to the point I where I just came to this realization of, wait, I think this is in my head. And when mm-hmm. I told myself I was well, I began yeah. to get well and no, I know. that isn't true of everything. It's not. No, it's but not all the time. Very powerful. So it can be. Yeah. yeah. I think of it. I mean, I, I placebo effect is real yeah. and I've had what I would call almost like reverse placebo effects. Like, um, 
one of the ones that I find really comical is I've been taking this nootropic, which is just, you know, it's a, it's a supplement designed to just help you think and focus better. Um, and I was talking to a friend of ours. I was talking to our friend, Becky Kopitsky, and I was telling her about it. I'm like, yeah, I've tried a couple other ones, but they have too much vitamin B and that like, if I have too much vitamin B, it just makes me jittery at night and impacts my sleep. And she says, oh, okay. So, um, and so she was really curious about the brand I was using and she's like, so what's in it? And I had never read the ingredients to myself. I'm like, oh, I guess there's a lot of vitamin B in there. Did I, I think I said vitamin B. Vitamin <laughs> B. We what you meant. <laughs> For like the following week, I had sleep problems. Or oh, um... once you realized there was vitamin B in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, goodness. you know, I think yeah. in the same way that a doctor hands you a pill and says, here, this is going to make you well, even if it's just a sugar pill, like mm-hmm. we know scientifically that that can help at least to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um I think the opposite can help, can have the same. If a doctor gives you a pill, that's truly nothing and says, this is going to make you really anxious. It's going to make you really jittery. Um, It's probably going to mess up your sleep there. It's going to have some effect, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be, I think different people are more susceptible to things like placebos. And so again, it's not, there's a limit to how this all works right? Like if I get, <laughs> no, I'm second guess myself. I don't even want to say it. I was going to say like, if I get hit by a car and I'm bleeding out, but then I'm like, oh no, is that going to mean that I'm going to get hit by a car and bleed the out? The law of attraction says you're attracting <laughs> that car. Alana. I know. And, and, and that actually is a good um, example. You can take this to a superstitious level and then you're not really living in freedom either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So again, I feel like my goal in this entire topic, mini series, whatever this is going to turn into is to bring some balance because I know that neither you or I are on the extreme of um, like word of mouth theology to the point where I can say, thank you God for the million dollar check that I'm getting in the mail today and walk to the post office and get it. Right. But I still believe that there's a lot to be said for if you're like, Imagine like, I want everybody listening to do this um, just thought experiment. Imagine if every single day, like God himself, like you knew it was God showed up the moment you woke up and said, you are going to be so blessed today. And if that thought remains with you all day long, I think that either like really good things are going to happen or minimal like the very least it's going to happen is you're going to be like my grandma. And even if you have the exact same day that you would have had, regardless, you are going to be focusing on all of those blessings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like there's something to it, but I feel like the extremes are very, very dangerous. Agreed. I think that's, and and that's the key to so many things mm-hmm. and, and key one extremes are dangerous. Key two, keep God at the center because Mm-hmm. You can also get to the point where you look at, you know, this idea of manifesting if you decide, yeah, well, there's something to that, but then you can become so you centered and be like, oh, I have everything exactly mm-hmm. that can do everything. And I think the secular idea of manifesting 
that is kind of at the mm-hmm. core of it. And that is the right. danger in it. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the baby part of it, but right. the bathwater part of it is that <laughs> the whole focus, it's through the lens of self and it's through the yes. lens of I can do all things through me who strengthens me instead of I can mm-hmm. do all things right. through Christ or I have the Holy Spirit in me who guides mm-hmm. me. I have God who opens doors that I can't open myself, but yeah. maybe he's just waiting for me to ask, you know, or focus mm-hmm. on those things and mm-hmm. pursue those things that he has for me. So I think a lot of it is nuance, but so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there are also, you know, we've, we've talked about this when, for things like discernment, for things like empathy. I do feel like people are probably gifted in varying degrees in their, let's just call it for use of the secular word, in their ability to manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, George Mueller, if a secular, <laughs> oh, yeah, if the author of The Secret read George Mueller's story, he would say that George Mueller was an expert in the law of attraction. Um, For listeners who aren't familiar, his basic premise is he was a Christian. Um, He opened a lot of orphanages and basically prayed in everything they needed. And miracle after miracle of God's provision came as a result of his prayers. So I don't think we're all George Mueller. I don't think we're all called to be George Mueller. So I, I also would put the ability to manifest, I think it kind of goes hand in hand um, a little bit with the gift of faith. And again, that's a tricky one because I don't like the, just the name it and claim it. I think that can be so disrespectful to the Lord. I think it can be so dangerous to people who believe that if one bad thing happens, that God's punishing them or that you know they can just pray away a, a terminal illness, it may be like, that's the most silly part of it like we all have to die (laughs) so like if god's plan is for all of us to always be healed of everything like how are we gonna get to heaven (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah um so i don't know how much more time do you have today Mm, like maybe five five seven minutes okay i i'm trying to decide if i want to dive into this now since i knew that we were talking about this topic i have been keeping a running list over the past week of things that I could say I quote manifested. Mm-hmm. And as I focus on this, this I'm like, wow, that's actually like, I could see how somebody like the author of the secret would call it magic, right. Or, or would kind of present it in those terms. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want me to kind of rattle off my list now, or should we start the next episode with that? I think we should, should we give it people- more guessing because more time. I also want to start a list so that okay. when we get back together, I can share okay. mine too. How about you share one? Share one. I will share one. Okay. Here's a really, really good one. So when I think about how manifesting works in my life, and again, I'm using it with like a little M and with like 200 asterisks, I'm using the word manifest. Right. To me, it starts with the the prayer of God, it would be so cool if, like, I'm not even necessarily asking for things. I'm thinking to myself, I would love if this happened. And then boom, there it is, it happened. So I have one really um, striking example of this. I was dropping one of the kids off at school. I saw a woman that I, I used to know better than I do now. 
and have not been able to connect with in quite a while to the point where like, it might even feel a tiny bit awkward. I'd be like, are, are we okay? Like, you know, cause we just be drifted and um, not that there was anything, but I saw her and I was just like, God, I would love to reconnect with her. Like I would love for, um, and, and it wasn't like a dear God, amen prayer. It was a thought mm-hmm. of, I would love the chance to um, at the very least make it so that like we could, I would know that she didn't have awkward feelings against me. Cause like, I still really like her. Like I, I would still like to hang out. <laughs> okay. Very next day, our son has a basketball tournament. Scott and I are sitting in the bleachers watching him. This specific person didn't even have any children on this team, but showed up at the game, sat right behind us and said, Hey guys. And we talked for the rest of the game. <laughs> um, okay. So here's, here's my thought of this. I, I've been thinking about all the ways that this can be explained. The author of The Secret and Law of Attractionist would say that I put vibrations out into the universe that I wanted to connect with this person and the universe conspired to bring my, my heart's desires to fruition. A very, very like just scientific person who's open to zero woo-woo and zero mysticism and zero spirituality would say... Um, okay, so you had it in your mind that you wanted to kind of rekindle a friendship with this person. When you saw her walk into the gym, you probably presented an open, like you probably smiled. You probably made by your body language, you probably made her feel like she would be welcome to sit next to you and strike up a conversation. Um, So I feel like that's how like a secular scientist with no room for any spiritual explanation for anything would put it and i think the uh, i think a christian could come up with with lots of options one of them being i prayed that we would be able to connect and boom god answered my prayer immediately i mean within 24 hours um where i fall is i think it's a little bit of it all right like i think that yes i'm sure that my body image or sorry my my body language was such that she felt like another podcast altogether. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure my body language made her feel on a, you know, even if it was super subconscious, oh, look, there's Alana. She looks like she would be happy to see me and talk to me. I think I'll go sit by her and her family. Um, But I I think there's also a lot more to it than that. And I I think there's also, in addition to all of those two explanations, I think there might even be an explanation that basically, God knew that he was going to rekindle our friendship and was giving me almost a teaser. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that sometimes God prompts me to pray for things that he already has in mind to provide for me mm-hmm. so that it feels even more like a gift when it happens. Yeah. And I have to remind myself all the time that God is outside of time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, whether you believe in a fixed outcome or whether you believe in a completely mm-hmm. choose your own adventure outcome, God knows it. And so mm-hmm. he's, I love that idea of a teaser of yeah. a planting the seed, almost mm-hmm. like one of those, you know, crazy Marvel time yeah, right. conundrums <laughs> of which came right. first, you know, I right, love it. Right. I love it. I remember when we were in New York at the beginning of, of this year, um, my, I was going to surprise our oldest son with tickets to see the Moulin Rouge musical, just him and me. And I knew it was coming. And so every so often I'd be like, oh, 
wouldn't it be really cool? Like, I wish we had gotten Moulin Rouge tickets or, or do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would say things like that. Um, sometimes I feel like God does that to me. He's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I did this for you? And I'd be like, yes, God, that would be so cool. Could you please do that? And he's like, I already got you. <laughs> already did it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I feel like there are so many asterisks, so many caveats. Yeah. Um, I think there is for sure. Our brains are finite. I think our brains are powerful. Mm-hmm. I think our subconscious is powerful. Um, but that power is limited. I am not going to... Um, like I'm not going to be able to time travel and and stop Cain from killing Abel. Like that is beyond the scope of what God has designed me to have the ability to do. And so I think that's one big caveat. And I think that, like you said, a huge pitfall of uh, non-Christians who really get into the law of attraction is it does strip God of his glory. It becomes all about what you have created with your the power of your thoughts so i would say in closing our thoughts are super super powerful our prayers are even more powerful they work together in ways that science has not yet been able to fully explain um but beyond that like let's also be very cautious about unhealthy extremes that sounds good i love it and i love these kinds of discussions that i'm almost afraid to talk about because I know they could be controversial, but I think Mm -hmm. that's why they need to be talked about is so that we can just put it out there and be like, look, our understanding is imperfect, but we know who God is. We know what he says Mm -hmm. in his word. And as long as we keep that in mind and at the center, why can't we talk about these things and exactly explore them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to pick up on this same topic next time we chat. And until then we will leave you all with our blessing and benediction. May your love abound more and more so that God's love may be complete in you. May God himself teach you to love others. May the love of Christ compel you so that you may love others as he has loved you. May the love of God grow in you and pour out through your life. And may others rejoice when they see the love of the Savior pouring out on you. And our benediction is from Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.